Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture, along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints, to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church celebrates the feast of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We used to call this Corpus Christi Sunday. John Paul II, in his encyclical, The Eucharistic Ecclesia, said the church comes from the Eucharist. And that is so true. Our life is centered around the Eucharist. We call ourselves a Eucharistic people. The Eucharist essentially sustains and strengthens us in this world and gives us the hope of eternal life for the world to come, the world we are all tending to, which is heaven. John 6.54 Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. Now we look to the readings for this feast, especially the second reading. It's from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Now we find that this is the earliest description of the Eucharist. We recognize that it's written around 51 AD, 10 to 15 years before the very first gospel was written, which was Mark. Now Paul gives us the exact words that Christ spoke at the time of the Last Supper, as well as what he did. Now what's so amazing about this is that Paul himself never attended or never witnessed this event. He was never there. More to it, the description that Paul gives us of the Last Supper is so important regarding the words that Jesus spoke, especially the words of consecration. So immediately it begs the question, how could Paul know about this great event? Not just know about it, but know what happened and what was said. Well, Paul tells us at the very beginning of the passage for this weekend, 
He says, I received from the Lord what I was handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, that is for you. And so we recognize that essentially Paul is telling us that he clearly has received all the information about the Last Supper from Jesus Christ himself. Now, scholars believe that Paul is referring to what he wrote about or mentioned in Galatians chapter 1, verse 17, in which Paul tells us that after his conversion on the road to Damascus, he immediately did not meet the apostles. Instead, he fled into the Arabian desert and spent three years there before he finally joined the apostles. Now, this reference to the Arabian desert suggests that Paul went to Mount Sinai, the very place where Moses and Elijah encountered the Lord and spoke intimately with God. Now, Paul continues. He says, On the night in which Jesus was handed over, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, Paul now essentially is describing for us the consecration. Now, we use these exact words that Jesus spoke at the time of the Last Supper for our Eucharistic prayer, in which we consecrate the bread into the body of Christ. Notice what he also says, Do this in remembrance of me. Well, Christ is now commanding us. Now, go back to John Paul II in his encyclical. He said, this command must be obeyed by all Catholics. This command essentially lies at the very heart of our Christian life and the heart of our church. It gives us our identity because only in the Eucharist must we essentially have a concrete encounter with Jesus Christ. Now, Paul continues. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Well, essentially what Paul is getting at is that every time we gather for Mass, we remember the past, as at the same time we look to the future. Now, I would argue the past, which is a beginning, and the future, which is the end, are charged with energy. Now, think about anything in life, a very beginning, a very end. It's always charged with a great deal of energy. give you some examples. Take, for example, the beginning. Whenever we begin a new job, we remember that. Whenever we begin high school, whenever we begin having our family, the first child is brought home, we remember those beginnings vividly. They're charged with energy. But at the same time, we also remember endings. You know, we remember you know, when we graduated from high school. We remember when we essentially finished training, whether it was to be a nurse, a doctor, an accountant. We essentially flew solo. We remember when we were discharged from the military. All those endings were charged with energy. You know, with experiences that we will never forget. Well, that's exactly what Paul is talking about when he says, 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. When we celebrate the Mass, we essentially bring together the beginning and the end of our ministry, the church, and our faith. We remember the Last Supper, which was the beginning, the beginning of our Mass. And we also remember the past. We long for the future, which is we will celebrate this Mass, this banquet in heaven. Therefore, the Mass is an energy-charged event in which we always remember the very beginning of our Mass in our church, but also we celebrate the future, the culmination of our faith, the Mass that we will ultimately celebrate with God in heaven. Both will always be charged as a source of energy for us that can help us to continue to preserve us in our faith now and in the world to come. Now, with that in mind, go into the gospel. This gospel story really is a microcosm of our Mass and what we do every time we celebrate Mass. Now, what is Jesus doing at the very beginning of the story? It says, Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd, so that they may go to the surrounding villages and farms, and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place. Well, at the very beginning of the story, we hear the very first part of our Mass, which is the Liturgy of the Word. The very first part of our Mass, we read the first and second reading as well as the Gospel. We read the words of the prophets as well as Jesus Christ, teaching us about who God is and how to practice our faith. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is doing here in this story. The people are literally hearing the Word of God spoken to them by Christ himself. And so we do the exact same thing every time we gather for Mass. Now, the second half of the story is when Jesus feeds the people, which really is the second part of our Mass. The Mass is separated into two parts, the Liturgy of the Word, which is the readings, and the Liturgy of the Eucharist, which is Christ feeding us. That's why I say this gospel story is really a microcosm of what we do every time we gather for Mass. Go back to the story. The second part of the story, Jesus now feeds the people, but he does so by performing a miracle to feed so many. Well, if you go back to our Mass, the second part of our Mass, the Liturgy of the Eucharist, you could say is a miracle. At the time of the consecration, the bread and the wine are consecrated into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, all that are at Mass are fed. Now notice some of the details here. The apostles approach Jesus. And what do they say to Jesus? They say, dismiss the crowd so they can go to the surrounding villages and farms to find lodging and provisions. Well, essentially, they want to disperse the crowds. They don't want to be responsible for feeding them. Now, where do we see that dispersion or division within the world? Well, we see that with the devil. The devil, the Latin word for devil is diabolos. It comes from the Latin word diabolon, which means to scatter. 
And so one of the titles that we give the devil is the scatterer. Well, that's exactly what the apostles want to do. They want to scatter the people so that they're alone and they're no longer with God or can be fed by God. They have to feed themselves. Notice Jesus' response. He says, no, we must stay together. Jesus' whole mission was gathering the lost tribes of Israel. Well, every time we come for Mass, it's God gathering us, gathering us as a church. We're no longer individuals, but instead we are a church, united, and we are fed by God. First of all, gathered by him. And so Jesus, he takes the paltry little bit of loaves and fishes and hardly enough to feed that many people. And he creates a miracle and feeds them all. Now, what do we do at Mass? At Offertory, we offer God, you know, just a paltry little bit of wine and a few hosts, hardly a seven-course meal. And yet, what does God do? Exactly what he does in this gospel story. He takes what we give him, he blesses it, he consecrates it, and he offers it back to us. In this gospel story, Jesus does exactly what he does at the time of the Last Supper. And in fact, he does exactly what happens every time we celebrate Mass. It's the miracle of the consecration. Going back to the story, it said, After Jesus said the blessing over the fish and the loaves, he broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Now, that's very interesting. Jesus, he gives essentially the food to the apostles, and the apostles are meant to distribute the food to the people. Now, why is this? Well, symbolically speaking, yes, the people are fed by God in the consecration, but also they're fed by the apostles, which is the church. Now, fast forward to us in the 21st century. You know, we are fed by God. God essentially consecrates the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Christ. But it's the church, the church that feeds us. Only in the church can we find the Eucharist. Only in the church are we fed the body and blood of Christ. There is nowhere else outside of the church that we can be fed with Jesus' body and his blood. I think that is the reason why he gives the gifts to the apostles to distribute to the people. See, this is why it's so crucial to remain in the church and to come to Mass every week because we are fed by Christ. It sustains us in this world and prepares us for the world to come. One last thing to think about. It says, They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, They filled 12 wicker baskets. Now, why is this important for us to include? Because Jesus, yes, he feeds us, but not just enough to get by on, to fend for ourselves. No, he gives us enough food such that it's an abundant, such that it's more than we need. This is exactly what Jesus does every time we come to Mass. You know, Jesus, he fills us, spiritually speaking, in a super abundant way. Every time we receive the Eucharist, we receive an abundant amount of graces and blessings that help us to leave the church and to continue to live out our faith. 
That's why at the very end of Mass, uh, the presider will say, go now to love and serve the Lord. We, we can because now we have been completely spiritually filled up, spiritually fed with all of God's graces and all of God's blessings to continue to do that, to continue to live out our faith in this world and to be ready to continue to live out our faith in the world to come, heaven. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.